I just want it on the record that I told you guys Mike Johnson was going to be a very good conservative speaker, and he may yet disappoint. But the way the Democrats and the way the media are freaking out today, the Democrats in Congress think or may know by now that they actually screwed up. Hello, everybody. It's Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPEL. It's your 5 o'clock news cruise because we are sponsored by our newest sponsor, uh, Service Chevrolet. Glad to have them sponsoring the show. Go check out what Service Chevrolet could have for you over at 1212 Ambassador Caffrey here in Lafayette. I told y'all he would be conservative. I know a lot of you didn't doubt me on that but there's there's a group of folks out there who are not going to listen to me because they don't see any need to listen to me and that would be democrats see the democrats in washington dc decided you know what let's cause a little bit of chaos let's side with matt gates and get rid of kevin mccarthy and watch the republicans squabble and fight and look like a joke for however long it takes And it worked. There was chaos in the House. Every Democrat voted with Matt Gaetz and seven other Republicans to oust Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy was somebody who was willing to work with the Democrats. And he was willing to cut deals. And then just yesterday, the Democrats said, okay, look, they're about about to nominate Tom Emmer. We can work with Tom Emmer. He's even more liberal than... uh, than Kevin McCarthy. He is willing to spend money like we want to spend. We may differ on some things, but yeah, we we absolutely 100% would work with Tom Emmer. And then Tom Emmer, after four hours and 10 minutes, decided he didn't want to be the speaker nominee anymore. So last night they had a vote. Mike Johnson won that vote. And today, with no dissent from the Republicans whatsoever, Mike Johnson became the Speaker of the House. And the left is furious. Oh, he is the architect of the Republicans' plan to overturn the 20... No, he's not. Mike Johnson filed an amicus brief that asked the courts to look at irregularities in elections in various states. He did. That's what he did. He wrote an amicus brief saying, if you look at how they changed the rules, it is unconstitutional for them to have changed election rules in the middle of an election. He wrote that and several Republicans signed on. And I know folks who thought that maybe he reached a little far on that. Some some folks, some good friends of mine, who thought that maybe that was a bridge too far. But it was an amicus brief. He was not the architect of an attempt to overturn the 2020 election. But you know what he is? He is staunchly Christian and staunchly pro-life. This is one clip that is already making Democrats nervous. Just to take good care of it. I want to tell all my colleagues here what I told the Republicans in that room last night. I don't believe there are any coincidences in a matter like this. I believe that Scripture, the Bible, is very clear. That, that God is the one that raises up those in authority. He raised up each of you, all of us. 
And, and I believe that God has ordained and allowed each one of us to be brought here for this specific moment in this time. You hear that, Democrats? Democrats? Because you sided with Matt Gates to get rid of Kevin McCarthy, you brought in the Shreveport Mike, Prince, Mike Pence to be the Speaker of the House. You got a guy, because of your actions, you helped a guy who is the most socially conservative speaker probably in American history, but definitely in recent decades, to become Speaker of the House and to lead a Republican majority. And the Democrats are out there saying that they're going to use Mike Johnson and tie Republicans to him, vulnerable Republicans to him, and make 2024 about the stolen election stuff and about abortion. And they can say all that. They can say this and that and the other. But at the end of the day, the American people give less of a damn about all that than they care about the economy and crime and immigration and the world being on fire. Congratulations. As much as I want to thank the Republicans for finally getting their act together and getting a good man to become the speaker, we couldn't have gotten there without Democrats for siding with Matt Gates. Thank you very much, Congressional Democrats. You guys have done solid, solid work. Is Ben Dominich, uh, who actually was one of the founders of Red State, where I right now, as he pointed out on Twitter earlier, the overall effect of Democrats siding with Matt Gates is an ultra-socially conservative speaker and an end to support for Ukraine. Democrats who hoped for some kind of bipartisan squish at the end of this gambit instead got Southern Mike Pence, the first true Bible-thumping speaker in the modern era. We are going to send so much money to Israel, it'll make Rashida Tlaib's head spin off. Yes, sir, absolutely. Thank you very much to the Democrats for making this possible. Now, what's going to happen next? Mike Johnson has already laid out his vision as far as appropriations go. He is focused on the appropriations bills. Now, it's more than likely, and I know this will upset some of you, but it's more than likely that the House will have to pass another continuing resolution. This three weeks of not having a speaker uh, has has really brought Republicans up against the deadline Uh for the the mid-November continuing resolution, the the last continuing resolution that ran through mid-November, there's not really much of a chance that all the things that need to be funded will will be, uh, well, all the things that need to be debated will get debated. So there's very likely another continuing resolution coming forward. But unlike Kevin McCarthy, Mike Johnson's probably going to push for some spending cuts in that continuing resolution. And he will probably fight the Democrats on a bit of that. He may not get everything we want out of it, but he's more likely to fight than Kevin McCarthy was. But then if you read his proposal, he's very focused on the appropriations bills. In fact, he's so focused on it, his plan as speaker, no August recess next year, no August recess until all the appropriations bills are are passed. So if people want to go home next year and campaign in those last couple of months before re-election, they better get those appropriations bills passed. Because he's not going to let him go home until it's done. Somebody's in the speaker's chair that cares about government spending. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. Before we go to break, let's jump to the phone lines. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's on the line? Caller, are you there? Oh, sorry. 
Must have been a wrong number. But you can call the right number, 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation. Let's take this break. We will be back here on the Joe Cunningham Show to talk more about what's going on today. i got some local stuff to talk about, too. We've got attack ads coming out. want to talk about that a little bit. All that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. But first, we've got your pest of the day. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number, or you can send a message, be part of the program. It's your 5 o'clock news cruise brought to you by Service Chevrolet, our newest sponsor for this hour. Thank you, Service, for being part of the show. Appreciate it. If you want to see what Service can offer you, head on over to 1212 Ambassador Caffrey. You will not regret going to check out what they've got on the lot for you right now. A bit of news from a little while ago. Uh, With the ongoing uh, Israel-Hamas stuff, the protests that we're seeing here at home are turning very anti-Semitic and even violent in some ways. A little while ago, it was reported several Jewish students at the uh, Cooper Union, um, the Cooper Union for the Advancement of Science and Art, Uh, Several Jewish students were inside while a pro-Hamas rally was being held outside of the building. The rally goers found out that there were Jewish students inside the building, began pounding on the doors, uh, among other things, trying to get in. The students essentially barricaded themselves in out of fear, out of terror, because of what these people were saying and doing finally, though, a little while ago, uh, NYPD got in, led the Jewish students out of the building through uh, some tunnels uh, in in the vicinity. So those students were led to safety. But again, this is where we are right now, and this is Our higher education institutions are failing our kids. And it's not every one of them. You know, you're not hearing about this sort of thing in Lafayette, Louisiana, are you? You're not. You're not hearing about it at UL. You're not hearing about it Northwestern State. You're not hearing about it McNeese. You're not hearing about it LSUA, LSUE, LSUS, LSU. You're not hearing about it in Louisiana universities. You know why? Because down here, even the most liberal of students down here, we're not raised in these rich, urban, liberal enclaves that you find in these these bigger cities and these, uh, these suburban areas that all these elitists live in and they send their kids to these private institutions that are filled with leftist professors and, and what have you. And they're not taught to think that Israel is a group of white colonists, that the Jews are white colonists who went and took Israel away from Palestinians. And you're not indoctrinated in our Louisiana universities to believe that the Jews are white colonists who have been oppressing the Palestinians. And because of that, you're not seeing these pro-Israel, I mean, these pro-Hamas, pro-terrorist 
riots and rallies on campuses in Louisiana. We're not raised to think that. Again, there are some liberal folks in Louisiana. There are some liberal folks on our campuses in Louisiana. I count some of them as friends. But we aren't raised to believe some of the horrible things that these upper-class, white, academic elitists are raised to think because of years and years and generations of privileged thought and nobody challenging them and these institutions moving further and further to the left because that's where all the academists and the elitists went. And now these students at these universities, these elite institutions are finding out that, hey, mommy and daddy's money and their influence can't save you when you say something stupid like kill the Jews. It's pretty horrific that these kids all of whom would want to cancel you and me for our views, are suddenly outraged that you can be fired from a job or you can have a job offer rescinded or your student organization could be, uh, could, could be told to tone it down because of what you're saying. Anyway, let's take a break. We'll be back in a minute here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show. It's your 5 o'clock news cruise brought to you by Service Chevrolet, our newest sponsors here in the 5 o'clock hour. Thank you, Service. And if you want to go check out what Service Chevrolet has to offer, go check them out. 1212 Ambassador Caffrey here in Lafayette. You're not going to regret it. All right. Got to talk a little bit of local stuff. By now, you've all heard it. You listen to this station, you've heard it. You've heard the attack ad that has gone out as of today against Mayor President Josh Guillory. And again, it's much the same thing that it's always been. A lot of implications, a lot of accusations, a lot of statements thrown together in such a way that is to make it look as bad as possible. And it will raise questions and it will make people think what they want to think. I told you guys right after the election, Monday after the election, I said it was going to get nasty. And that ad is a pretty heavy ad. And it is very heavy on insinuation. However, I stand by what I said back then. If I'm Josh Guillory and I'm the Guillory campaign, I'm not engaging with it, not responding to it, nothing like that. I'm focused on getting out the vote because I know that Monique Blanco-Boulay is in a very tough place right now. Democratic turnout was low for that election, and she made it into second place and made it into a runoff because another Republican candidate siphoned off 26% from Josh Gillery. Now, we can argue as to whether or not that 26% would have voted for Gillery in the first place, but a large portion of that 26%, I am very willing to bet, was never going to vote for a Blanco. So you have to wonder 
How many of those Republicans who didn't want to vote for Guillory but aren't going to vote for a blanket? How many of them are going to go out? If, and again, like I said, the Monday after the election, if I'm the Guillory campaign, I'm working overtime to get out the vote, to contact every Republican voter. Hey, did you vote? Thanks. Go vote again. Hey, did you vote for me? No? Well, what, what kept you from voting for me? Find that out. Hey, did you vote for me? No. Who'd you vote for? You voted for you know this other person, whatever. You didn't vote. You didn't go out to vote. Well, can I encourage you to go vote this time? Here's what's at stake. That sort of thing. You need to focus on getting out the vote. Because what's going to come Guillory's way is a bunch of implication. Okay? And that's going to be a pretty big deal. Is all these implications, all the insinuations that are flying about. Because you'll notice that her campaign is not coming out and saying that Guillory did something illegal. They're not saying that. They're implying it heavily. They're talking about corruption. But they never actually state what they're accusing him of in that ad. And they can't. Because if there was something there, there was something to actually point to as real legitimate evidence there, and I'm, they, would, they would mention it. But it's all very heavily, heavy insinuations. It would be much the same if I were to say a company like, I don't know, First Solar, which was coming to Acadiana, coming to Lafayette to build, uh, to build a solar farm or, or whatever, a manufacturing facility. First Solar was coming in and had gotten $30 million from the state. Except First Solar, member of the senior, uh, a, a senior employee at First Solar, is Monique Blanco Boulay's sister. And Monique Blanco Boulay was played a key part in getting the grant for that company to come to Lafayette, come to Acadiana. I could throw all that into a package and imply corruption there as well. The Guillory campaign could do it too. But instead, what you need, if you're Josh Guillory, is to focus solely on getting out the vote. Because the Democrats aren't motivated. Democrat voters aren't motivated to go out and vote in November. There's no, there's no runoff in the governor's race. There's not really much of a runoff in a lot of these other down-ballot races from the governor's race, all these other statewide races. There's not much there either. And there's one, I think, city council district that could get some black voters out. But the Democrats have to get every voter out and also try to get as few Republicans to vote as possible, which is why they would go with the negative ads. I think it's pretty interesting that, the, that Jan Swift has decided to stay out, not endorse either candidate. I think that says something as well about Jan Swift and the voters that were there it wasn't a, it, it, it's not so much about uh, it, it was more about beating uh, more about you know hurting Josh Guillory giving an alternative to Josh Guillory than really trying to take it from it's like a protest vote almost it seems like 
the fact that Jan Swift, if, if you're so against Josh Guillory, if you're not going to side with Monique Boulay, that's interesting. You're just going to stay out and you're planning on your voters to stay home as well. It largely looks like a protest vote. But this ad is just the start. We've still got a couple weeks left. And it's going to probably get nastier. But it's going to come down to this. The Republicans who didn't vote for Josh Guillory, are they going to vote for a Blanco? I don't think they are. So that's a chunk of the voters that aren't going out to vote in November. Guillory has some loyal voting bases. Blanco has some loyal voting bases, but her voters are Democrats. And Democrats are not motivated to go out. I'm not sure how motivated Republicans are either, mind you, because the Jeff Landry race is over. And that was a big motivator in October. But I think they're more motivated to vote for Josh Gilly than Democrats are voted are motivated to vote for Monique Blanco Boulay. But the race is turning nasty. It's going to get nastier. And I maintain what I said originally. I really and truly think. It's, and this sounds cliche to say, but I really and truly think it comes down to getting out the vote. It all comes down to turnout. We'll see who has the higher turnout. I think Guillory has the higher turnout, and I think that's what takes him across the finish line in November. But we'll see. 232-1542 is number or send a message through the KPL app chat. We'll be back to wrap up the show here in just a moment, right here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. On October 12th, The Biden administration, on multiple occasions, denied that Iran had anything to do with Hamas's attack on Israel. They said this multiple times. As of today, the Wall Street Journal is reporting that more than 500 Hamas terrorists were training with Iran in the weeks before the attack. When Barack Obama was the president, he flooded Iran with cash. Remember the infamous pallets of cash. Joe Biden has allowed Iran to get $80 billion by allowing them to sell oil, by easing restrictions and sanctions. Biden then, on September 11th of this year, freed up $6 billion in Iranian money. That money is still in a bank in Qatar. But Iran knows that they now have $6 billion elsewhere that they can use to continue funding Hamas and other, Hamas and other terrorist activities across the Middle East. In the wake of the attack on Hamas and American uh, vessels and troops being moved close to the area, Two dozen American soldiers in the Middle East 
have been hurt in attacks on our bases. Terrorists have killed over 1,400 Israelis, taken more than 200 hostages, some of whom were American. The Biden administration, in the wake of all of this, denied Iran was directly involved despite the evidence. The academic elite and the children of the academic elite uh, elite are marching in the streets, chanting pro-Hamas propaganda, chanting death to the Jews. And those people who run those academic institutions, who run those student groups that are pro-Hamas and our elite universities' campuses, those are also the people that fill the Biden administration. Those are the people working for Joe Biden right now. It is not going too far to say that the Biden administration and Joe Biden himself has blood on his hands, the blood of Jews on his hands. It's not. The Biden administration empowered, enabled, Iran's regime to act against the interest of our ally in the Middle East, Israel, and to act against the interest of America. Iran, China, Russia, this kind of new axis of evil, they're emboldened because the Biden administration has walked away from the world's table. Not only are known terrorists coming across the border, but our own border patrol has confirmed that Chinese nationals are trying to cross the border illegally mixed in with Hispanic immigrants. Now, regardless of anyone's feelings on who the next president should be, It's very clear that if you want America to actually be safer, if you want American interests to actually be safer, the status quo can't go on. And it's just a shame. It is absolutely shameful what America has allowed to happen under the leadership of Joe Biden. Ultimately, yes, America would be safer under Donald Trump. America would be safer under Ron DeSantis. America would be safer under Nikki Haley. Any of the Republicans running, America would be safer. Under no circumstance is America going to get any safer so long as Joe Biden is in charge and the Academic elites and their spawn are running the White House and our nation's highest institutions. We are in desperate need of change. And I hope that we get it come next year. You guys have a great day. I'm going to take a 23-hour break. I'll talk to you again very soon. 
In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, email Joe at redstate.com. You can also find the podcast version of the show. Just go to Substack, look for the Joe Cunningham Show on Substack. Subscribe there. You'll get my columns. You'll get the podcast version of the show. If you subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever, go ahead, subscribe, but also give it a rating and a review. It makes the algorithm happy and exposes the show to more people. And, and frankly, based on what we've seen, more people probably need the kind of chats you and I have here on the Joe Cunningham Show. You guys have a great day. Talk to you again tomorrow here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.